Hare Krishna. I welcome all. Welcome all to Everyday Chant Hari Nam Conference Call. Today we are very fortunate to have His Grace Vrindhanath Das Prabhu uh, from Troy, Michigan, to enlighten us on verse 18, chapter 3 of Canto 5. Hare Krishna, Prabhuji. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri Lakshmi and Guru Maharaj. Whenever you are ready, Prabhuji, please take over the call. Hare Krishna Mataji, please accept my humble obeisances. All glory to Sri Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak on Shrimad Bhagavatam for my own purification. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narottamam Devim Saraswatim Vyasam Tato Jayam Mudhirai Nashtapayushu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavate Uttama Shloke so we are reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 3, Text 18. So this chapter is regarding Lord <coughs> Rishabdev's appearance in the womb of Marudevi, the, the wife of King Nabhi. So, <coughs> Text 18, after Lord appeared, in front of all the Brahmanas and the King Nabi, being pleased by the performance of their yajna, and when Lord was asked that this yajna has been performed to get a son for King Nabi, and what kind of son? A son like you. When Lord was requested that we are King Nabi is desiring a son just like you, so this is what Lord is speaking after that. So, chapter 5, uh, sorry, Canto 5, chapter 3, text 18. Tat Agni Dhariye Amshakalaya Avatirashyami Atmatulyam Anuklabhamanaha Translation by Srila Prabhupada Since I cannot find anyone equal to me, I shall personally expand myself into a plenary portion and thus advent myself in the womb of Marudevi the wife of Maharaj Nabi, the son of Agnidhara, purported by Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada Kija. This is an example of omnipotence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Although he is one without a second, he expands himself by Swamsha, his personal expansion, and sometimes by Bhivin Amsha, or his separated expansion. Lord Vishnu herein agrees to send his personal expansion as the son of Marudevi, the wife of Maharaj Nabi, who is the son of Agnidhara. The Ritvija, the priest, knew that God is one, yet they prayed for the Supreme Lord to become the son of Maharaj Nabi, to let the world know that the Absolute Truth, the Personality of Godhead, is one without a second. When he incarnates, he expands himself in different potencies. 
ಓಮ ಜ್ಞಾನತಿಂಧಸ್ಯಾಂಜನ ಶಲಾಕಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರನ್ಮಿಲಿತೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ಮುಖಿ ವಾಂಗುಂ ಲಂಘಾಯತೆ ಗಿರಿಂ ಯತ್ಕೃಪಾತಮಹಂ ವಂದೇ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುದೀನತಾರಿಣಿಂ ಪರಮಾನಂದಮಾಧವಂ ಶ್ರೀಚೈತನ್ಯೇಶ್ವರಂ ನಮೋ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪಾ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ಭಕ್ತಿವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮೀತಿ ನಾಮಿನೆ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ದೇವಿ ಗೌರವಾಣಿ ಪ್ರಚಾರಿಣೆ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷ ಶೂನ್ಯವಾದಿ ಪಾಶ್ಚಾತ್ಯೇಶತಾರಿಣೆ ನಮೋ ಮಹಾವೇದನ್ಯಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪ್ರೇಮ ಪ್ರಧಾಯತೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ನಾಮ್ನೆ ಗೌರಕ್ಷೈ ನಮಃ ಪಂಚತತ್ವಾತ್ಮಕ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಭಕ್ತರೂಪಸ್ವರೂಪಕ ಭಕ್ತಾವತಾರಂ ಭಕ್ತಾಖ್ಯಂ ನಮಿ ಭಕ್ತಶಕ್ತಿ ಹೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕರುಣಾಸಿಂಧು ದೀನಬಂಧು ಜಗತ್ಪತೆ ಗೋಪೇಶ ಗೋಪಿಕಾಂತ ರಾಧಾಕಾಂತ ನಮೋಸ್ತುತೆ ತಪ್ತ ಕಾಂಚನ ಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ವೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿಪ್ರಿಯ ವಾಂಚಾಕಲ್ಪತೃಭ್ಯಶ್ಚ ಕೃಪಾಸಿಂಧೂಭ್ಯತೀತೇಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭು ನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀಯದ್ವೈತ್ಯಗದಾಧಿವಾಸಾದೀಶ್ವಿಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ರೀಡಿಂಗ್ ದ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಒನ್ಸ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಸಿನ್ಸ್ ಐ ಕೆನಾಟ್ ಫೈಂಡ್ ಎನಿ ಒನ್ ಈಕ್ವಲ್ ಟು ಮೀ ಐ ಶೆಲ್ ಪರ್ಸನಲಿ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಮೈ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ಅ ಪ್ಲನರಿ ಪೋರ್ಷನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದಸ್ ಅಡ್ವೆಂಟ್ ಮೈ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಹೋಮ್ ಆಫ್ ಮರುದೇವಿ the wife of maharaj nabhi the son of agnidhara so as i mentioned the particular section of bhagavatam which is going on right now we are discussing is lord rishabdev's appearance as the son of king nabhi and his wife marudevi so maharaj nabhi being desirous of a son he with the help of brahmanas he performs a very elaborate yagya for the satisfaction of the lord and as this yagya is performed of course lord appears personally in front of the brahmanas in his supreme personal form so there are many different lessons for us to learn or the many different points to consider uh, in this particular text here So first of all what should be the quality of a saintly king of a leader as a politician what should be the quality while ruling the citizen the king need to lead a devotional life for the welfare of his personal self as well as for the welfare of all the citizen and we have heard many other examples also in shrimad bhagavatam where the king is he is a king of the whole world at the same time he is a great devotee of the lord he engages himself in spiritual activities 
performing yagyas elaborate worship of the lord like we have earlier discussed and heard about the past time of prithu maharaj prithu maharaj also is a great devotee and he himself is as a amsha of the lord and then there are many other examples king amrish dhruva maharaj prahlad maharaj so all these are the examples of a saintly king a saintly leader how to rule while keeping krishna in the center unfortunately in today's world what we see it's a chaotic situation nobody want to focus on spiritual aspect of life everybody is just focusing on economic development in a mundane way they everybody is focusing on increasing the gdp artificial development just development big creating big big skyscraper buildings big factories but nobody is focusing on the spiritual aspect of life which is the backbone of the whole culture and overall development in india also if we go to any holy places if you go to vrindavan mathura if you go to jagannath puri or any other holy places what is the condition seen there the whole management in the city in terms of cleanliness in terms of all the various arrangements is not in a very good situation nobody is focusing on holy places developing those holy places nobody focusing on the holy rivers the ganges the yamuna there is no focus on from the government side not as much initiative in cleaning those rivers everybody is dumping their waste in those holy rivers and polluting those rivers if we keep the main priority as the main priority then everybody else can flourish so the quality of the saintly king as exhibited here by king nabhi also is engaging in serving the supreme lord engaging in serving the brahmanas the vaishnavas and as a result of his worship as a result of his great sacrifice what is the outcome the lord has personally appeared being pleased by king nabi and here we are talking about the power of brahmanas right that time the brahmanas had that much power that by the performance of yagya because there is purity there is quality there in terms of reciting the vedic shlokas so brahmanas had that power by performance of yagya they could really please the lord and lord personally appears now is lord appearing out of obligation is lord obliged to appear by performance of such yagya no lord is not coming out of obligation so why is lord coming he is just coming out of his love for the devotee out of his reciprocation with his devotee and mood of brahmanas what was the mood of brahmanas when the lord appeared in front of them they are saying dear lord here is this king nabhi whose goal was to have a son like you so what is his position they are actually kind of criticizing themselves they are saying we the brahmanas we did not know what is the real goal of life 
real goal of life is to please you not to worship you just for getting some material motive so they are saying our only aim was to acquire a son by performing this great sacrifice therefore our intelligence is not very sharp by inviting you to this negligible sacrifice for some material motive we certainly have committed a great offense at your lotus feet so please excuse us for this offense because of your mercy so they understand their position that yes we have commit performed this yagya and our whole focus was to help maharaj nabi get a son like you but this is not the real purpose of performing a yagya this is not the real purpose of engaging in spiritual activity it's a very negligible material motive and this is very offensive actually that we are requesting you for such kind of benediction and they are telling that position of maharaj nabi what is his position his position is just like a, a very rich man you approach a very rich man and ask for a little grain from him for example if a beggar goes to the king and ask the king the king i i need something and king say okay ask me anything whatever you want and the beggar says oh give me five gold coins or just five coins so you come in front of a very rich person and begging for a little grain one should know what is the potency of that person and what he can deliver what he can provide as a benediction so not asking the person for just some material gain not asking the supreme lord just for some little material gain because lord ultimately know what is in our best interest we don't have to ask the lord that please give me this please give me that this is what we see generally also in the world how why people approach the supreme lord as lord krishna says in bhagavad gita also there are four kind of people who approach me what are these four kind of people one who is in distress arti another one is who is need of some material gain arth and then a third one is one who is inquisitive who want to just know and the fourth one is who is really in knowledge who has developed some love for the lord so many is two category of people who approach the supreme lord one who is in some distress in some problem then people approach god please solve my this problem please relieve me from this misery and the second is to get some material benefit but asking from the supreme lord for just some material benefit is in one sense insult of the lord because we are trying to tell the lord please give me this please give me this as if we are telling the lord you are not intelligent enough to know what is in my good interest what is good for me so i'll let me tell you what is good for me and you please do that so in that way as the brahmanas also saying we have committed a great offense at your lotus feet so please excuse our offense because of your causeless mercy so why lord has appeared so they say you have come because you have great love for your devotee and out of your causeless mercy you have appeared here in order to serve our purpose give us the benefit of your personal darshan that is your purpose of appearing in front of us so purpose of worshiping the lord serving the lord is not to get some material benefit 
Lord can award anything out of His mercy and out of His love. And what we should ask from the Lord, actually, if we really want to ask. So, if that was the situation for us, as this is the situation for King Nabi, that Lord has personally appeared in front of him. If that was the situation for all of us, you performed some puja, some devotional service. And being pleased by your service, Lord comes in front of you and asks you, okay, tell me what you want. What will we ask the Lord? Will we say, oh, you have been pleased with my service of so many years, so many months. Now, please give me this benefit. Give me a big house. Give me this car. Give me this luxury. Give me this benefit. Solve my this problem. Is that what we are going to tell the Lord? So, if Lord comes in front of us, what are we going to ask the Lord? Once one devotee, not one devotee, one reporter asked Prabhupada, see in this movement, in your movement, you guys are always chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. So what what is the real purpose of chanting this? What you are trying to achieve? And Prabhupada said, our goal is more chanting. So the purpose of chanting is more chanting. It's not that after we chant for six months, for one year, and Lord comes, Lord gets pleased with you, and you ask now, okay, see, I have done so much for you, now you give me this. So, purpose of chanting is more chanting. Purpose of service is more service. And this is what the Brahmanas, in this scenario, also were exhibiting that mood. What are they saying, the Lord? The dear Lord, you may not be, we may not be able to remember your name, form, qualities, because of so many problems, Especially at the time of death, at the time of death because of falling down, because of our miserable disease condition, because of hunger, because of this, that, all this different situation at the time of death, we may not be able to remember you. So we are praying to you, please, being affectionate to your devotees, please help us to remember you and help us to be able to utter your holy names, be able to remember your pastimes, remember your qualities. That is the only way which can dispel all the sinful reactions from our life. So that is the real mood, what one should have. If you are standing in front of the Lord, first of all, how many of us will have that faith in the Lord that yes, Lord is there and when whatever service we are doing, whatever sadhana we are doing, whatever preaching we are doing, it's really pleasing to the Lord. And Lord is really witnessing our activities. Do we have that strong faith? When we stand in front of the deities, in front of Radha Kunj Bihari, in front of Radha Gopis and Ballav, do we really consider, yes, that is the Supreme Lord who is standing there? And I am speaking to the Lord, I am conveying my heart to heart, I am conveying to the Supreme Lord. So do we have that faith? And when we are standing in front of the Lord, what do we really pray? So the Brahmanas are praying, yes, we have called you for this material benefit. So out of your causeless mercy, you can anyways award that benefit. What is the real benefit you can award us is? that we can remember your name, form, qualities in all situations of life, especially at the time of death. So, Brahmanas had that power that 
Lord could personally appear, being pleased with their performance of sacrifice. In current time, <clears throat> the Brahmanas, first of all, does not have that kind of power, where by performance of yajna, by performance of such activity that we can please the Lord. First of all, there is no qualification, there is no pure recitation of mantras, there is no purity in our daily routine activities. If we go to the holy places, if you go to Vrindavan, Nandgram, you will see many Brahmanas. Right? People claim, "I am the son of Brahmana. I am a Brahmana," and they will recite the shlokas from Bhagavatam and many other scriptures and Puranas. And one may get very attracted by recitation, hearing the recitation of these mantras, and one may think, "Oh, wow! This person is so learned person." And after doing all that by attracting these people these visitors these pilgrimage what is their intention they are looking for just some material benefit oh give give us this give give us some lakshmi give us give us some rupee and they will be chasing people right practically chasing people you go to nandgaon to go to the temple you have to get the panda with you without them you cannot even enter they will not let you go and then they have so many different techniques to kind of take everything from you from your pocket they will say okay you have to sponsor something what do you want to sponsor will you like to give 1 kilo of dal rice 1 kilo of sugar and a new person may think okay what is the big deal 1 kilo dal rice or 1 kilo sugar i can give that and if you take that kind of a, a Wow! That yes, I will offer this much, and later on they will say, "Okay, now give us five thousand rupee." So this is the trend here. This is the system here. One kilo dal rice or one kilo sugar means now you need to give us five thousand rupee. So the recent time Brahmanas, first of all, they are losing all their potency, losing all their power because there is no purity, there is no quality. Their actual Brahmanical qualities. they will keep walking behind until you give them something they will keep chasing you and they will say oh if you don't give us we'll curse you that you will never be able to come to vrindavan again and person of course they get scared oh what if this person curse i don't want to take the curse from any brajdasis or the brahmana so person of course naturally get scared in those kind of tactics but the point to consider is first of all do the brahmanas so called these brahmanas do they really have that kind of power to curse earlier yes brahmanas had that power they could curse and that will come true right even up to the time of parikshit maharaj he was cursed by that young brahmana that you will die by the biting of a takshak bird takshak snake and that curse it was in one sense plan of the lord to bring shrimad bhagavatam in this world but brahmanas had that power but after that because of that boy because he misutilized his power he misutilized his potency with that due passage of time the brahmanas lost that power now we don't see those kind of events happening that we are performing the yagya and lord will come in front of us in bhagavatam there are so many such scenarios such cases are mentioned that lord appears in front of everybody give his personal darshan sometimes people say oh can you show me god has anybody seen god 
yes with our recent time and qualification we don't have the quality to see the god we don't have that qualification but it does not mean nobody else have seen the god how we can see god with the eyes of shastra shastra chakshu if we read the shastra read the scripture read shrimad bhagavatam mahabharat ramayan other so many other puranas are there there are so many description people have face to face audience with the supreme lord so lord appear out of his mercy and mercy of the lord and mercy of the devotees is available to us how we can receive the mercy of the lord and the mercy of the devotees by our service attitude with glorification of the supreme lord with the glorification of these great devotees exalted devotees of the lord that's why for a devotee for a disciple it is very important to offer the words of glorification for his spiritual master because that is what opens up the doorway for mercy to flow it's not that they are looking for their glorification it is our duty to reciprocate in that way reciprocate with the lord glorify the lord i am nothing everything is because of your mercy whatever i am able to do is because of your mercy and the point which is mentioned in this specific verse is lord when he was asked that king nabi want to have a son just like you what was the response of the lord he said there is nobody equal to me or there is nobody superior to me i am one without a second so how can somebody like me become your son i will expand myself i will expand in my amsha and i will appear as your son so the lord appeared as the son of king nabi and maru devi as lord rashabdev so rashabdev is one of the incarnation of the supreme lord which is mentioned in shrimad bhagavatam yes in when we talk about dashavatara right all these different expansions different avatars of the lord are not mentioned this dashavatara concept came is all the very commonly known popular expansions of the lord which come as every period of manu in every manvantra because there are many different type of expansions of the lord there is the expansion as guna avatar there is expansion as manvantara avatar there is expansion as yuga avatar to spread the yuga dharma there is expansion of the lord as performing a particular task expansion of the lord as shaktya vesha avatar so there are many different way lord appears in this material world to fulfill his purpose so those dashavatara which we talk about which we glorify those are the very popularly known expansion incarnations of the lord but apart from that there are so many expansions of the lord so lord says there is nobody equal to me and this point signifies in the purport also as purpose says lord is the supreme lord he is one without a second when he incarnates he expands himself in different potencies and this is another big topic actually for discussion when we talk about is god one or many god 
because our in hinduism there is a concept of tetis koti devi devata and sometimes people go with this conception no everybody is equal everybody is same and there is a popular concept of trimurti brahma vishnu mahesh and people think that trimurti brahma vishnu mahesh they are all equal all three are for some purpose brahma ji is the creator lord vishnu is the maintainer and shiva is the destructor but they are all equal they have equal power and position but if we really understand from scripture lord is one he is one without a second if there are many different forms and position and many different personalities then lord does not have to say there is no one equal to me there is no one like me so i will expand myself in my amsha and i will come as your son brahma is considered as the creator shiva is considered as destructor but they are also still not equal to the lord they appear to fulfill a particular task and they are not working independent of the lord they are working under the direction of the supreme lord brahma is the creator but he is not the primary creator he is the secondary creator in shrimad bhagavatam second canto 10th chapter first verse describe the 10 topics of shrimad bhagavatam so it says sarga visarga creation is of two types sarga and visarga sarga is the primary creation which means creating the raw ingredient raw material for any creation if we want to make a book for that you need paper so paper is the raw material to create paper also there is that pulp from the tree so that is the raw material from where one can make a paper and from the paper one can make a book so somebody is creating the raw material and then there, there is another one who is taking that raw material and creating a final product so same way lord he is the primary creator lord krishna lord vishnu he is the primary creator who provides all the raw material all the ingredients and brahma he does the task of visarga he is the secondary creator he is like a engineer or a designer so he takes the raw material he takes the colors and just paint different colors okay, in butterfly this is how the butterfly should look like or this is a human being this is how the human being should look like with two eyes two ears one nose so he is a designer so lord is one without a second and lord says i will appear out of my mercy i will expand myself in my personal amsha so i will read the next verse also uh which is there is another very important point we can talk about so text 19 shukdev goswami continues and he is speaking to parikshit mara so shri shukdev continues after saying this the lord disappeared and the wife of king nabhi queen maru devi was sitting by the side of her husband and consequently she could hear everything the supreme lord had spoken and proper right a purport one very single line here according to the vedic injunction one should perform sacrifices in the company of one's own wife sa patniko dharmam acharet religious ritual should be performed with one's wife therefore maharaj nabi conducted his great sacrifice with his wife by his side so first we were talking about the power of brahmana the duty of a royal king and now 
the another important aspect is when we are performing any devotional activity any spiritual religious activity importance of wife to be by the side to be part of that activity her husband and wife serving together right that's why wife is known as ardhangani ardhangani means ardha ang half so she is the considered as half body so it is very important to perform any of these religious activities as a husband wife together to please the supreme lord once somebody asked me this question right generally people ask this question when we are talking about god and his various incarnation somebody said why does god always appear in bharatvarsha in india why there is no expansion no avatar of the lord mentioned in any other part of the world any western countries why in india only lord appears so actually prabhupada had answered this question prabhupada says because lord loves this land bharatvarsha so lord appears there and lord want to accept one father and mother when lord appears and in india there is a culture there is that sanatan dharma that sanatan sanskriti that husband and wife they stay together in the western world husband wife don't stay together there is so much of divorce and everything they just was in, they are influenced more with mode of ignorance and they don't want to live together in harmony they want to live independently so when husband and wife cannot stay together where is the question of lord being pleased with them and appearing as their son because to please the son one has to perform austerity one has to perform some sacrifice and there are sacrifices which are long long duration years and years husband husband and wife together they serve the lord perform those charities and then lord becomes pleased and appear so people in western world they don't stay together for that long but where is the question of lord appearing in front of them as their son so husband and wife working together staying together serving together to please the lord is a very important to make spiritual progress and wife is known as what is the word we write in front of a woman married girl shrimati right like for radharani also we say shrimati radharani so shrimati what is the meaning of shrimati shri plus mati shri means lakshmi and mati means intelligence so the wife possess or she attracts both goddess of lakshmi and goddess of saraswati she possesses both intelligence and lakshmi she has ability to bring money and by her intelligence she also make sure the money is not wasted is not spent unnecessarily and how to save the money so she keep the family together by bringing in money and by securing the money by saving the money not utilizing it in unnecessary ways so that's why the role of wife is very important and without wife no spiritual performance no yajna is successful and we know from the past time of lord ramachandra also we hear after lord ramachandra came back to ayodhya after 14 years of exile when he was when sita devi was sent to the ashram of valmiki ji 
not going in too many details of this whole background but just to convey the message here so lord ramachandra was performing a ashamega yagya and he was told by for performing the ashamega yagya the wife also should be on the side of the husband without the wife this yagya cannot be performed so they were asking lord ramachandra to remarry that you should marry because wife is needed to perform such kind of yagya and lord ramachandra said i have taken one patni vrata vow of having only one wife i am not going to remarry so but how this yagya will be performed so at that time the solution was found that make a deity of sita devi as a from gold make a golden murti of sita devi and keep her by the side of lord ramachandra and perform this yagya so for as many days this yagya was going on every day a new murti of sita devi was formed and they were being kept in one room every day the deity of sita devi the golden murti which was formed it will be kept in one room so lord ramachandra will go and talk to the murti so she was he was actually talking to sita devi through that murti and all these different murtis which are made including those plus other women of dandakaranya forest where lord ramachandra was residing wandering through during his exile all the girls all the sages the women living in the hermits there they were attracted towards lord ramachandra so it is described all these different personalities the girls of dandakaranya the girls of mithila who were so attracted to lord ramachandra the different murtis which are made for sita devi so they all appeared in krishna leela as the gopis to take part in lord's pastime so coming back to the point here the presence of wife to perform any sacrifice any religious activity is important so that's why husband and wife need to work together stay together they need to have their mutual understanding keeping the real goal of life as the center of their life and making the home environment as conducive so the woman once she comes to the house of her husband she should be cooperating with the family of the husband that's her duty not having too much interference from the side of her family her father mother brother sister and all those but being cooperative with the family of husband such for the father in law mother in law brother in law sister in law and keeping that environment very conducive for progress in spiritual life that is the real goal of grahastha life right grahastha ashram we say grahastha in our iskon movement 90% people may be in the grahastha ashram there are very few if we consider the overall devotees in iskon movement how many what is the percentage people are brahmachari or sanyasi mostly i would say 90% will be in grahastha ashram and what is grahastha ashram grahasthite ashrita by staying in the household life taking shelter of the supreme lord keeping that as the cent- goal of life keeping krishna in the center of life and progressing in that way so it's a duty of the girl when she comes to the family of husband to be very cooperative with them there was one discussion one uh, very small story actually 
very simple woman, a uh, vegetable seller. She was selling the vegetable, and one Mataji, she went to the stall to buy some vegetable, and she was talking on phone with her daughter. And as she is talking to the daughter, this Mataji was listening what she was conveying, and she was telling, and this her daughter had married just recently, two three days back, and she was talking to her on phone, and she was conveying. that now you are married your in-laws are your family now you should not call me that often and if you at all want to call me you should call me in front of everybody not privately not secretly and if i want to call you i will call you at the number of your mother in law so i will talk to your mother in law and then on the same phone you can talk to me i will not talk to you on your phone privately secretly and you should not spend too much time talking to me calling daily you should spend your time in your household affairs and this mataji was listening to the talk of this simple woman and she was amazed this is the system how it should be this is the standard that the once the girl is married the parents of the girl should not have much interference and she should be that mood of serving the family cooperating with the family cooperating with husband for keeping the real goal of life as serving krishna and we can see there are there, there may be three situations in our practice of krishna consciousness ideal situation is husband husband and wife practice together they serve together and they grow together and that's the ideal situation if husband husband and wife serve together that is easiest way to progress in krishna consciousness because if only wife is practicing husband is not interested if only husband is practicing wife is not interested it is really really difficult for anybody to make progress because there will be so many differences of thought differences of opinion differences of our daily activities the wife is practicing husband is not interested still that scenario also maybe to some extent maybe is a little favorable situation at least if it is not uh, against practice of krishna consciousness if he is at least supporting then if wife is practicing that's also a good scenario but if husband want to practice and wife is not interested then it becomes really really difficult because the main activity of the household cooking and all those are dependent on mainly mainly mataji's yes i'm not saying probujis cannot cook or uh, males they do not cook but mainly seen yes mataji's take that responsibility of cooking and if if the wife is not interested in practicing krishna consciousness she is not interested in following those standards for the husband it will be really difficult so the ideal situation is husband and wife work together to please the lord to serve the lord so king nabhi and marudevi they together performed this yagya and for this day and time if we want to follow in their footsteps and we want to please the lord we want to perform the yagya what is the yagya we need to perform our yagya is sankirtan yagya for the pleasure of lord krishna so we in our family lives 
husband and wife together we perform our sadhana we perform our preaching activity we engage in distributing prasadam these are the three core activities your own sadhana engaging in preaching activities engaging in distributing prasadam as a householder so husband and wife working together they can very easily engage in these activities and all these three activities are important it, as part of our daily spiritual activity what are the important activity is our sadhana our service and our preaching activities so we want to have a balance of these three activities it's not that one is interested only one particular thing and not interested in another because proper said all three are very important we, without our own personal strong sadhana we cannot do any of other activities so our personal sadhana is first priority then engaging in services right temple related services we need to serve the deities at the temple making arrangement for various things deities bhoga garlands for deities so those are services and then engaging in preaching because preaching is the backbone of this movement without preaching how the movement will go on how the holy name will spread how the teachings of bhagavad gita bhagavatam will spread so these three activity need to go on and we need to find a balance between these three activities our personal sadhana our services and our preaching activities and husband and wife working together they can very easily engage in these activities and why preaching is so important because if we are not somebody something in a movement which is kind of creating some pious karma right we are not in a movement to do some pious activity but we are in a movement to do the best auspicious activity for the whole world for the welfare of the whole world to bring them closer to krishna to give them the right understanding by which they can come closer they can come at the lotus feet of krishna and that is preaching so our goal is preaching and preaching forces us to do reading and listening because if somebody want to do preaching there is important of reading important of listening as without reading without listening how long you can preach if somebody is not reading regularly somebody is not listening regularly one will become empty very soon what will come out of your mouth so preaching forces us to do reading and listening and preaching make us stronger also because while engaging in preaching activity we have to face so many different situations so many different things we have to face so many challenges you have to face so many questions so many doubts from others we have to sometimes face criticism also so because of engaging in preaching actually it makes the preacher stronger his faith grows further and one is attracted to reading and listening more and more to be able to deal with all those situations so preaching is the essence and propad has stressed so much on preaching and book distribution now from i guess yesterday onward or today onward now we are starting this marathon right book distribution marathon every year the last ending part of the year is a book distribution marathon engaging in preaching activities distributing the books because that is the backbone proper proper force stressed on distributing book and printing these books and when we are distributing book it's not just for distributing to others or oh, they should read the book 
Prabhupada emphasized, my all my disciples, they need to themselves read the book also. It is not just to give to others, but are you opening the book? Are you reading the book? So reading the books is very important because our movement is based on philosophy. It's not just out of sentiment. It's not for creating some pious activity. People generally have that conception, right? That when you are engaging in some religious activity or you are doing very much punya and you will attain swarga. So our movement is not to deliver people to swarga. Our movement is to deliver people out of this material world to be able to become eligible to go to spiritual world. I remember one incident um, from my office because I used to do a program in office as lunch and learn and with my colleagues I had the tendency to with some excuse or other to talk about temple program to invite them to temple and there was one Indian person he will often comment to me you are doing so many of these religious activities your ticket to Swarga is confirmed so he will tell me like that ticket because that is what the conception of people they think the ultimate goal is to go to Swarga. But Swarga is that permanent position, is that the ultimate uh, goal of life to go to Swarga. People keep going up and down, up and down. There are six planetary systems above Earth and there are six planetary systems below Earth and people are just jumping up and down, bouncing up and down. And no place is free from misery. This whole material world is described as Dukkhalya Mashashvatam. One can go to Swarga, but the, the result of Punya will exhaust and one will fall back. It's like when you throw some flower petals up in the air, they are not going to stay there forever. They will just fall back. So we may go up, but we will fall back again. We may then go down to the lower planetary system. So this first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam actually is very wonderful. It's a very heavy canto actually. There are teachings of Lord Rashabdev described here in this canto and then towards the end of this canto it talks about the various hellish planetary system. There are 28 types of hells described and what kind of uh, misery is imposed upon the living entity there. So our goal of preaching, our goal of engaging in Krishna consciousness is to be able to go beyond this material world and help others also come out of their miserable situation. So preaching is very much important and as a family working together it becomes very easy to engage in preaching activity. And Prabhupada had made actually another very wonderful statement. Prabhupada says if somebody has a good son he is fortunate. If somebody has a lot of wealth, he is also fortunate. But if somebody has got a cooperative wife at home, he is very fortunate. Out of these three, the biggest fortune is if somebody has got a cooperative wife at home. Because this verse which we just read, it describes husband and wife working together, the importance of wife to be always be on the side of husband to perform any religious, spiritual activity. All the scripture profound on that message. And Lord Rishabdev, as he appears, the fifth chapter, as we'll read further going in the coming days, 
the fifth chapter is the teachings of lord rishabh dev it's a very very important and lord rishabh dev he is giving teaching to his sons he is the supreme lord himself and he is giving the teaching to his son uh, headed by maharaj bharat and he says is the goal of life is tapo divyam putra ka yena satvam oh my dear sons the goal of life is to perform austerity tapo divyam and what kind of austerity we are recommended to perform in this kali yuga chanting of the holy name get up in the morning and engage in chanting of the holy name observe some fasting ekadashi fasting these that that's all the austerity we are asked to perform in this kali yuga there is not any other austerity needed and what what is the austerity really mean austerity is not for any other purpose that oh i need some uh, i have some political agenda to fulfill so i will do some fasting man anshan karunga i will go on uh, without eating and drinking anything or i need to lose some weight so i will do some austerity or i need to gain some material opulence so i will do some austerity that is not real austerity austerity has two components one is which is done voluntarily which is not for any other material benefit but for pleasing the supreme lord so it is performed voluntarily and it is for pleasing the supreme lord that is real austerity so for austerity for all of us is to engage in the chanting of the holy name engage in the preaching activities engaging in the services for the supreme lord by doing that in a cooperative way we can please the lord and lord appear in front of us in what form lord appear lord has already appeared in front of us in the form of the holy name kali kale naam rupe krishna avatar we should not think when will lord appear in front of me lord has already appeared lord is dancing on the tongue when we chant the holy name it is just that we have to bring in that conviction when we are chanting are we chanting with that eagerness see word eagerness also it reminded me another thing the word eagerness the sanskrit word is utkantha utkantha if you split that word utta means the higher and kantha means the neck so one the neck is stretched out the example is from the word birds right when the birds are looking for some grain when they are looking for some rain drops they have their neck stretched out to look for that out of eagerness they are looking for some drop of water or some grains of food and same way our utkantha our eagerness is in chanting the holy name uh, are we chanting the holy name with that eagerness that i want to please the lord lord is dancing on my tongue when i am chanting so all the austerity for us to perform is get up early in the morning do your morning sadhana because that will give us the purity of the heart purity in the consciousness without purity we cannot engage in any other preaching activity because we will not have that strong faith or that enough realization to be able to bring transformation in others also
So first, transformation starts from our own self. Then we can bring in transformation in anybody else. So that's why sadhana is the first priority. Then, equipped with service and teaching. So I will stop here. Um, thank you very much. Please forgive me if I spoke anything wrong. Granthrashmat Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Ananta Kotivashna Vrinda ki jai. Thank you so much for such an enlightening session, Prabhuji. Uh, devotees, have any questions? Um, can please uh, go ahead and ask. Prabhuji, you have time, right? Uh, sure, Mathis. We can yeah. take some questions if anybody has any questions. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, Dhanapuram, Chalgore Shishri Prabhupada. Very nice class, Prabhuji. I have a question. That uh, when you said that uh, you need to keep a balance of the service, sadhana, and um, um, and the preaching. Now, when you say balance of the two, three, uh, wh what do you mean by that? And what is the uh, sadhana is the priority, but among all the others, how do we actually kind of know that we are on the right path and we are keep keeping a balance. What is the check mark for us? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Mataji. Thank you. Very nice question. So yes, we need to make a balance between our sadhana, our services and preaching. Now, it's not that you divide your 100% time equally in 3, 33, 33, 33% that okay, I need to have, if I have 2 hours, or four hours to engage in my various activities, so I will equally split into these three on a daily basis. So it's not in that way. Balance is, yes, we want to engage in all three. Sometime, because of our preaching activity, sometime is going, somebody is going for book distribution on a daily basis, yes, then it's part of their preaching activity. They are dedicating their particular time of the day, every day. And then they are engaging in their sadhana also. So both basically three, need to be balanced in a way. Sometime it may take, one activity may take more priority over other, but sadhana should never be compromised. Between preaching and services, something can take more priority over others. For example, if there is a festival right at the temple, let's say we are celebrating Janmashmi for two days over a weekend, and there are a lot of preparations there. So, celebrating the festival, you are engaging in services and celebrating the festival, engaging in those services is part of your preaching also because you are inviting many new people to come to the festival, be part of that. So, all of us engaging in celebrating or preparing for the festival becomes part of our preaching activity. We may not be separately doing the programs those couple of days or those few days, but it doesn't mean we are not doing preaching that time. And on other days, you have your, let's say, weekly program. So on that day, you are more engaged in that. So preaching program is service also, and you are doing preaching also. So it is just a, a balance of that. You, we don't want to bombard with one particular mentality and neglect others completely. First of all, sadhana should never be compromised. Now, if anybody has a different opinion about that, I welcome your opinion. But my strong opinion and what I have heard from senior devotees also, some marriages also, 
our sadhana should be our first priority it's not that you compromise on your sadhana for engaging in other thing because see first of all chanting is also a service whom are we serving while chanting you are serving the lord serving nam prabhu so chanting itself also is a service but that's the mainly part of our sadhana if we don't have a strong sadhana we will not be able to engage in other activities also with proper consciousness um thank you prabhu ji but one thing is like for example if a person is working and it's mm-hmm. like a weekday they have services like you know engaging in work and doing at home activities and then uh, uh service in the evening now it's very hard sometimes the chanting does suffer now uh, you we are doing it in the na- later in the evening it's definitely not of the quality of the way it's supposed to be because you are going up going i mean you are sleeping late and obviously getting up not able to get up in the morning so it's like a vicious circle sometimes mm-hmm. so how do we uh, then then does that mean that we need to cut back on the service which has been given by the temple authorities uh, how do we manage it prabhu ji so recommendation will be yes we need to bring in a balance we don't want to compromise on sadhana because if without strong sadhana we are engaging in service the quality of service also will go down slowly one may not realize that but the quality of service the following of standards in fact in performing those services will start to go down so we need to make a balance between that of course we don't want to bombard ourselves with too much of services that it compromises on your health and compromises on your sadhana it compromises on your family life and everything because when there is all these things are going in different direction it will not last for long so best is talk to temple authorities explain to them your situation this is what is happening and please suggest me what i need to do i will give you one example let's say i'm doing service at detroit temple and i'm doing service at farmington temple and if you are doing service 3 days 4 days in a week at temple which takes 4 4 hours and then you have your teaching activities and you have your own sadhana and you have your uh, family life also you you need to give some time to the children right in, in their activities it should not that or you don't care about the family for for you everything what important is outside people that's what you all care because if that kind of thoughts start to come in family life it will disturb the family life and it will disturb ultimately sadhana and service everything so there has to be a balance between them and in that situation maybe need to cut down on some service rather than 3 days in a week maybe cut down one day do service on two days if you are doing two days and that's becoming too much maybe cut down on one day and do service full heartedly one day engage in your sadhana regularly and engage in your preaching activities and other things so it's just taking a open discussion with the leadership talking to the temple management explaining the situation to you this is what i can do with <clears throat> best happy heart and if i stretch myself too much see once in a while stretching is okay and we should stretch also <clears throat> but if that becomes on a everyday basis on a weekly basis then sometime it start to overburden so we don't want to create that situation because then somebody is working with a burdened heart burdened mind 
it will start bringing in some offenses offenses to one person or another person or towards the deities <clears throat> so one way it will start to bring offenses and will make our sadhana suffer so when our sadhana is going down if anybody has experienced that that one let's say for one week your sadhana is very nice then another time your sadhana starts to go down your interest in chanting is going down mm-hmm. or interest in association is going down immediately one should ask the question maybe did i make any offense towards anybody towards any devotees because when our sadhana suffers the first and foremost reason is offenses maybe we have committed some offenses because of which the sadhana has gone down and that offense could be yes we are bombarding ourselves with lot of services we may feel good about that see i'm doing lot of services but during that services also maybe we have committed some offense right seva aparad offenses are of many times many type naam aparad seva aparad vaishnava aparad dham aparad so in the seva also we may have committed the offense towards the deities we may have hurt the deities in some way or we may have displeased the deities we may think oh i am doing lot of service but if the service is not done in proper consciousness it can cause many different disturbances the best is if you have that situation talk to the authorities very openly and honestly explain your situation and seek their their guidance in my situation i did that and the prabhuji told me that yes you should cut down on one day service and better focus on your preaching activity because proposed preaching is more important so focus on your preaching activity also so i'm just <clears throat> sharing my little experience with you thank you prabhu ji that helps thank you so much hari krishna thank you very much hari krishna <clears throat> any more questions Hare Krishna Prabhu can you hear me Hare Krishna Prabhu yes i can hear yeah you give excellent 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 uh, very nectar in class the information the knowledge to improve in krishna path of krishna consciousness you did a wonderful job I, I, the way you prepare the, your references your stories were very helpful so my question is that uh, how you know that uh, that you are improving in your transcendental service to please the krishna when you yourself knows that um, what level you please the krishna hmm yes very nice question prabhuji because how do we know are we progressing or not right there has to be some check mark some points where we can identify are we making progress or not so first of all is is our desire to in, engage in krishna consciousness increasing if our desire to chant chant nicely chant sincerely chant attentively if that desire is increasing or not that is a checkpoint is our desire for 
association, our desire for hearing is increasing or not. That is another checkpoint. Is our desire for pleasing the Lord, serving the Lord increasing or not? That is the checkpoint. So these are the various checkpoints. And to make progress in Krishna consciousness, it cannot be based on our own endeavor. It is because of the mercy of devotees, mercy of the Supreme Lord. We can do our endeavor, but ultimately it has to come based on the mercy. And mercy of the devotees is available to us. It is flowing. Are we able to receive that mercy? Mercy of the Lord is flowing. Are we able to receive that mercy? We This whole month of Kartik, we were singing Damodar Ashtam. We are talking about Damodar Leela. Damodar Leela emphasize on this point. There are two different activities needed to please the Lord. One is or to be able to catch the Lord in our heart. What are those two things? One is our endeavor. Yes, we need to do our endeavor. Without our endeavor, we cannot hope for just Krishna to bestow his mercy. So we need to do our endeavor. But the second thing is Krishna's mercy. So we first do our endeavor, then Krishna's mercy also is needed. And then we have some success. So the word Kripa itself is Kar and Pa. We do and then we receive. So we do our endeavor. Our endeavor is chanting, hearing, reading, serving. So all those are our endeavor. And along with our endeavor, ultimately it is Krishna's mercy. It is the mercy of devotees. Without the mercy of devotee, without the mercy of Guru, one cannot progress. Krishna Shakti Bina Tare Nahi Parivartan Without the mercy of Krishna, one cannot have that strength, that intelligence to continue on this path. And Krishna's mercy also actually come through devotees. Krishna's mercy also come through Guru. That's why we emphasize so much on accepting a spiritual master. To serve the spiritual master and inquire from spiritual master. Tadviddhi pranipatena pariprashnena sevaya. So in this verse also these three principles are embedded. These three principles are approach a bona fide spiritual master. Serve the spiritual master and inquire from him. Right? So these three things are needed. So bottom line, are we making progress or not? Is our in desire for engaging in spiritual activity increasing or not? And the second is, is our materialistic feverish mentality decreasing or not? Is our interest in those activity going down or not so earlier we may have many other different interests right somebody may have interest in watching movie going to parties going to different places or doing particular materialistic activities if our interest on those activity decreasing or not so that is another checkpoint for are we making progress or not so both things have to be there. Our interest in Krishna consciousness should be increasing and our interest in materialistic activity should be decreasing. Mm. 
does it make sense prabhu yes prabhu thank you very nice answer yeah. excellent hari krishna thank you prabhu